This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. But you look at some of the contracts. Here's the, the benchmark contract. The oldest Chapman after he was traded to the Chicago Cubs. And he had his up and down moments in the playoffs. But when he went to Chicago, he was great for the two months that he was there. And then he was a free agent. And obviously, the Yankees were intent on bringing him back. And they signed him to a five-year, $86 million contract. So what's that per year, by the way? Five years, $86 million. Let's get that calculator out and see. 86 divided by 5, 17.2. I think Edwin Diaz, and that's the benchmark. There's a few that are close. Like Kenley Jansen got five years, 80. So same amount of years, a little bit less money. Uh, That was also in 2016. Also in 2016, Mark Melanson, what a contract that turned out to be, got four years, 62. Back a decade ago, Jonathan Papelbon set the bar with four years, 50. How about this one? In 2005, if I gave you 100 guesses, I don't think you'd get this, but there were two closers in 2005 that signed elite-level contracts. One of them was Billy Wagner with the Mets. He signed a four-year, $43 million deal. The other one, five years, $47 million, was... Eric Gagne? No, no, you won't get it because it's not someone you'll even remember for the most part. Oh, geez. B.J. Ryan. The former Baltimore <laughs> Oriole left-handed reliever signed with Toronto for five years and $47 million. Yes. No uh, idea. <laughs> Mariana Rivera is up on the list. Three years, 45 back in 2007. A lot of money. But really, the benchmark is five years, 86. And if you look at Chapman at that point in his career and you compare it to Edwin Diaz, Edwin Diaz is going to be 29 years old before the start of this season when he signs the new contract. When Aroldis Chapman signed his contract, after the 2016 season, he was also 29 years old. Aroldis had more experience, and I think had more dominant seasons, more seasons of being a dominant pitcher. And in this case, was coming off 
you know, an incredible year. He had a one five five ERA the year that he was a free agent and was traded to the Chicago Cubs and won a World Series. So I would certainly argue with you that Chapman had the better resume than Diaz going into free agency, and Chapman got years five years eighty six. Now that doesn't mean Diaz isn't going to get more. He is going to get more. Just because Chapman had the better resume six years ago doesn't mean that Edwin's going to get less because I think there's going to be a huge market for Edwin Diaz. I think any team, think about it. What team wouldn't be in the market for Edwin Diaz? What team has a closer so good that they'd say, now we're all right. What, Cleveland? They wouldn't be bidding on him anyway. Emmanuel Classe had an amazing season, no question, but they, really? Kenley Jansen's back in free agency. The Braves don't love him. I'm not saying the Braves are going to necessarily bid on Edwin Diaz, but my point is the LA Dodgers could use Edwin Diaz. Absolutely could. Craig Kimbrell lost the closer's job by the end of the season. Um, St. Louis, maybe St. Louis would. Ryan Helsley looked very, very good, even though he blew one of the postseason games and he's cheap. And maybe they want to spend their money elsewhere. But the Philadelphia Phillies couldn't use Edwin Diaz. The New York Yankees couldn't use Edwin Diaz. I mean, name the team. Maybe Toronto wouldn't. They're good with Jordan Romano. But Diaz and really the, the, the climate of relievers right now would make Edwin Diaz a fit on any team in baseball that's willing, willing to pay the money. And so let's not lose sight of that. There should be a robust market for Edwin Diaz. And that's why my projection to you, Pete, would be if Chapman got year, five years, 86, I think Edwin's either at five or six years and no doubt he's getting a hundred million dollars. We will have our first $100 million a year close, a $100 million closer, not per year. And so five years, 105, over 20 million a year. Yeah. I think that's probably the kind of contract we're looking at. Yeah. Like the last podcast, we talked about Brendan Nemo's contract. I mean, I would not be surprised if they're very similar. I, I, you know, they're, and you there's like you said, there's so many more teams involved. The Texas Rangers, we talk about them. They're spending money left and right. They're, they're going to want to get a starting pitcher. They also have no bullpen too. So they're another team that, that is a threat. And you got to remember that's just skyrocket the price for Diaz. I mean, he may get 120 for five because of that. Yeah. Look, it, it really depends how many teams are going to bid that high for him. But I just look at, Who's out there? The other closers that are out there, none of them are even close to Edwin Diaz. I mean, there's nobody even in the same stratosphere as Edwin Diaz. There's no one you would look at and say, oh, you know, I didn't get Edwin Diaz. I'll go take care of this guy. It's just, it's a very, very kind of short list. And so if you get Texas bidding, if you get the LA Dodgers bidding, if you get the Yankees bidding, I don't think we think the Yankees are going to bid, not a knock on them, but I think, they're just not going to spend that much money. They already have spent a lot of money. Uh, but if you get three or four teams bidding heavily, then, yeah, you could be looking at that kind of contract. Are we willing to give it to them? I think you have to. And I think that's really the key because look at the other closers that are available. Kenley Jansen's back in free agency, and he's 35 years old, and he finished the season incredibly strong, but I would not trust Kenley Jansen at his age and uh, he would just he would drive us all nuts Craig Kimbrell lost the closers role in Los Angeles David Robertson I know we all wanted to trade for him at the deadline but it certainly wasn't as a closer it was as just a quality relief pitcher so the proven closer because obviously you could sign somebody 
and say, and I shouldn't forget a role as Chapman. I just think it's tough to take him really seriously as a closer, considering what ended up happening at the end. Same thing with Zach Britton. You know, Zach Britton had a really good career, but he's coming off Tommy John surgery. Uh, when the Yankees did pitch him towards the end of the year, he didn't look like he had much left. Zach Britton is the kind of signing I'd make, but not as a replacement for Edwin Diaz. You want to bring Zach Britton in because, hey, let me see what he has left. Left-handed reliever. Maybe he can find himself again a year removed from Tommy John. He's only 35. He's not that old. Fine. But there's nobody in free agency that even comes close to replacing the value of Edwin Diaz. So it goes back, Pete, to what we talked about with Nimmo. Now we're talking trades. And we don't want to give up assets for a center fielder. You really want to give up assets for a relief pitcher like they did initially to get Edwin Diaz? No. No, thank you. No, no, we've seen that. Uh, we've seen that movie before, and we got screwed. I don't want to do that again. And, but this is now, and, and uh, Evan, this is the the craziest thing about the season. Just like reflecting on it, we're talking about a season where we probably have one of the top end center fielders in free agency, one of the top end starting pitchers, one of the top end relief pitchers. We had a first baseman who who put up you know record numbers RBI wise. We had a shortstop who put up record numbers, uh, you know, for team wise. And and it if we needed to get better, we need to get better. <laughs> I know, I know. The ice that blows my mind. Yeah, but don't don't think about it that way. <laughs> I know. Hey, they got to keep the the best center fielder on the market, the best closer on the market, the best starting pitcher on the market, and the odds are they're not going to keep all three as much as we want them to. Like the odds are they're not going to be able to, and. So you lose one of those three guys. And it's funny. We've done a podcast about Jake. We've done a podcast about Brandon. We've done a podcast about Edwin Diaz. And the verdict on all three at the end is you got to keep them, right? Because even with all three, it's how do you replace them? Even though Diaz is probably the most irreplaceable, maybe even more than DeGrom, as crazy as that is. Because here's the thing about losing DeGrom that way. And I'm not trying to minimize it. I don't want to lose him. Signing Justin Verlander on a short-term deal, hoping he has another year or two left, is an easier fix than what the hell you'd have to do to replace Edwin Diaz and how good he was. Again, you can take a risk. You can trade for a David Bednar. You could trade for a Gregory Soto and then just hope they're half as good. But the odds are, A, they're not going to be nearly as good, and B, the idea of going to the trade market and using assets to acquire not just our reliever, but the reliever, it's a daunting task because that's what they did to begin with in acquiring him. I don't remember the last trade for a bullpen arm that really worked out for the entire you know length of that contract. Like you could say, like Chapman for the Cubs was perfect because they won a World Series. You know, Diaz worked out. This year, but it took three years to really get there. You know what I mean? Overall, when are you trading for relief pitchers and then working out as well? They just don't really happen. Well, and I think a part of it is relievers are just so up and down. They're just they're just so up and down. And yeah, it's true. I mean, look at the last two years in terms of Aaron Loop and Adam Adovino. Aaron Loop two years ago was incredible. Had a great year. And the Mets made the wise decision saying he's not going to do it again. And they let him leave in free agency. He signs with the Angels. And he wasn't very good this year. And Adam Adovino sort of feels the same way. I'm not going to cry if they bring him back, 
but I also don't expect that Adovino would be able to match what he did last year. And that's very normal amongst relievers. But when you get those rare top end closers, the Chapmans until recently, Kenley Jansen, Edwin Diaz, like that handful of reliable closers, those are the ones you can trust. You know, the other, yeah, there's a long list of guys who are up and down. Tanner Scott's, David Bednar's, Ryan Helsley's, Mark Melanson's been up and down. I think Josh Hader still fits that more reliable column despite his up and down struggles. But yet 95% of relievers are completely up and down. That's why when the Mets reconstruct their bullpen after Edwin Diaz, because they don't have a lot of guys under contract. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They don't. You know, a lot of these guys who are in their bullpen who are key figures are all free agents. We just mentioned Adam Adovino. Basically, their entire bullpen outside of Drew Smith are all free agents. And you can replace them with guys. And if you hit it at the right spot, those guys may be better. Loop for Adovino, Adovino for loop, I should say. So that part of the bullpen is a crapshoot. I've always admitted that. But the top end closer is not. When you have a top-end closer, you really want to hold on to them. Um, and they have to. And believe it or not, of the three elite-level relievers, that uh, three, uh, three elite-level free agents, I should say, that the Mets have, I probably have the most confidence they keep Edwin Diaz. If I was ranking in terms of just predicting who's most likely to be a Met in 2023, I think I'd put Edwin Diaz number one. Now, we've all heard rumors about the ground, which probably leads us to that. He'll probably leave. He'll probably be in Texas. But Edwin Diaz seems genuinely, genuinely as someone who wants to be here, number one. And B, I think the Mets realize they can't lose him because the replacement market is more likely via trade than it is signing somebody. And like I mentioned, do you really want to go down that route of trading assets for relief pitchers? Not the right road to go down. You'd rather save those assets for something else. Though I would trade for Devin Williams. However, with the David Stearns news, I have a feeling that's not going to happen anytime soon. Why? What does that mean? Like, why would uh, David Stearns resigning as team president cause what? The Brewers are going to go about things differently? I mean, they're a mid-market team. They didn't want to pay Josh Hader. They're many years away from paying Devin Williams. So I don't think they're, like, worried about that necessarily. But I don't think his resignation changes uh, the philosophy of the organization because they promote it from within. That's fine, but they still don't. The fact that they didn't allow us to talk to him last year, I don't know if we, we talked about it a little bit off air. I'm not really sure if they're ready to let them talk again. Uh, you know, Stearns has made it known that he'll going to stick with Milwaukee for, you know, what the time being. And uh, Cohen is committed to Epler, et cetera, et cetera. Right, but, but what does that have to do with trading for one of their players? I just feel like there's certain teams that are, are not as friendly. Like, if you were to tell me that Cleveland and the Mets were going to make a move together for, for Class A, I wouldn't be as shocked about that because I feel like they were already in cahoots. You know, there's just teams that deal with others differently. I feel like we're trying to find a way to sneak in to, feel, to, to buy Stearns or bring Stearns over, and that's, that, that, that's souring the taste in their well, mouth. Well, 
I, I definitely think that there are owners that don't like Cohen. I think one of the biggest impediments to a deal for Shohei Otani may be before Artie Moreno sells the team, he doesn't like uh, Steve Cohen and he wouldn't want to deal off, you know, this elite level superstar box office star. But I think in general, most teams, and maybe I'm being naive in saying this, I think most teams make deals that are in the best interest of them. You know, sometimes an owner will get involved. I think in the case of Otani, an owner would definitely get involved. You know, I think sometimes a team won't trade in the division. We made that case with Mike Rizzo, and I think that's been proven. He doesn't trade inside the division. He doesn't want to help the Mets. I don't think that's a vendetta against the Mets more than it is. He doesn't want to trade inside division. It's a philosophy. But if the Milwaukee Brewers are trading somebody, I don't necessarily think the Mets would be ruled out. Uh, But Devin Williams may not be one of the relievers that I think would be available, only because he's still so young and isn't that close to being paid. Same thing with Emmanuel Classe. I mean, you look at Cleveland almost as a, and that's why I brought up Shane Bieber a couple weeks ago when we talked about DeGrom as a potential target because, hey, he's only two years away from free agency, and I think they always have an eye on, if we're going to pay somebody, let's ship that guy out before we have to. The reliever thing, like I'm thinking, okay, what really good young reliever would be traded? You know, the White Sox aren't trading Liam Hendricks. Not that he's a good young reliever. He's just a really good reliever. Uh, the Blue Jays aren't trading Jordan Romano. Daniel Bard signed an, did Daniel Bard signed an extension with the Colorado with the Rockies? Rockies? Yeah, he, he upped this. Yeah. Which is Bard crazy. had a great year this year. Typical of a, you never know what's going to happen. Because Daniel Bard <laughs> having an amazing year makes no sense. And what made less sense would be Colorado saying, let's pay him and keep him. <laughs> but but even if Daniel Bard was available, I wouldn't want him necessarily as a replacement. You know, Scott Barlow had a great year in Kansas City. I, I don't think they feel any need to have to trade him, have to move him. Jorge Lopez had a really good reliever year. But again, he fits that bill of up and down reliever. Wouldn't stun me if he sucks next year and pitches to a 5 ERA. And David Bednar may be difficult to acquire. And we mentioned him. I think you brought him up when we were talking about making a deal with the Pirates for Brian Reynolds. Bednar is like a Pittsburgh guy. So I don't know if Pittsburgh would necessarily move him, but these are the options and the options suck. And then you think, okay, internally are there options? Are there guys on the Mets right now who could step in and be the closer? Uh, If they re-sign Seth Lugo, Seth Lugo is a guy who has shown he could do it in the past, but none of us want to see Seth Lugo close. Michael Givens, if he's re-signed, he's closed before. No, thank you. And Drew Smith, (laughs) no, thank you. So (laughs) I I think the truth is the Mets are in this spot where they just need to re-sign Edwin Diaz, even if it gets to that sixth year, even if it gets into that $110 million range. He's a must re-sign when you look at how you would go about replacing an arm like that. So you need to do a Twitter poll. Who is more likely to be resign with the Mets and put all all three Nimmo, Degrom, and Diaz and see what the fans think? Because I think they're going to agree with me. I think they're going to agree with me. I really do. <laughs> well, you should also put an option of resign zero because that's always an option too. <laughs> that will not happen. Or do you think they? What's more likely? They resign zero or they resign all three? Hmm. I think the, the more likely is they re-sign zero out of all three. No, I don't think I that's going to happen. On. I just don't. They're You're not, talking I, like I, the Wilpons still own the team. Re-sign but zero? No, but it's impossible. It's a, no, no. Out of all three? 
it's compared to all three or or zero, they're more likely to sign zero than all three. I don't think they're going to be able to get Nimmo, DeGrom, and Diaz back. I think Nimmo's gone. I think the rumor of Colorado just shows the the implications that there's other teams that are out there that are trying to get center field. And do we want to overpay for Nimmo is the question. You look, you know what really all of this is going to come down to, and it's a big mystery in year three of Steve Cohen's off-seasons, and that is what's his budget? You know, every team has a budget. It's just certain teams have a higher budget than others. What's his budget? What's that number? You know, he's made it seem as if he'll do whatever it takes. And that doesn't mean he's going to sign every single free agent in the world. But when it comes to your own free agents, Nimmo, DeGrom, two homegrown guys, Edwin Diaz, a guy they have invested a lot of time in, I I think he's going to try to sign all of them. I really do. It doesn't mean he's going to because of DeGrom's unwillingness to be here or they're becoming a number for Nimmo or Diaz where they say that's too much and that's too crazy. But I would say there's a better chance all three resign than none of them resign. But I will put that Twitter poll up and see. And on the very next edition of Rico Bronia, we'll analyze the results of that poll. But I am confident that it will finish like this. Edwin Diaz will get over 50% of the vote. Brandon Nimmo will get about 30% of the vote. And then Jacob DeGrom, unfortunately, because I think we're just all kind of brainwashed to think he doesn't want to be here anymore. But either way, these are three huge free agents. And it is amazing. The best starting pitcher on the market, a Met free agent. The best center fielder on the market, assuming you don't count Judge as a center fielder, a Met free agent. And the best closer on the market, not even close, a Met free agent. On the next edition of Rico Bronia, we will discuss my favorite Met. And by the way, I don't mean my favorite Met. I mean our favorite Met. We'll go through some of the all-time favorite Mets that you had, that I had, that Hoff had, some obscure, some obvious, and why. So if you did have a, a favorite Met that maybe none of us would ever consider a favorite Met, you could tweet at us at Evan Roberts WFA and leave comments in the section of the Rico Bronia podcast. We'll also get into detail on all the other Met free agents. We think of Diaz, DeGrom, and Nemo, and we've invested full podcasts into them, but there are other free agents, including guys on the pitching staff like Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, relief pitchers, even some position players. Now, we won't do a podcast for each individual. We're just going to do a everybody else podcast because they don't deserve their own damn podcast. So keep an eye out for Rico Bronia. And obviously we'll have instant reactions anytime there's breaking news as the offseason begins before you know it. You can check out Hoff with Tiki and Tierney. I'm with Craig, two o'clock on the fan. Thank you for listening to another edition of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.